Hey everybody, this is the Knight's Tale Podcast where we discuss the tips, tactics, and mindsets successful military veterans used during their transition after serving in the military. And what struck me the most about my interview with Michael Stedman was his attitude. A lot of people talk about a can-do attitude, but Michael has a get-it-done attitude and a get-it-done mentality which I think is incredibly impressive and essential to a successful military veteran transition. And my idea of a visionary is someone that can turn something that someone else thinks is pretty much nothing into exactly what they want it to be. And I think Michael Stedman definitely did that uh, with his uh, boxing academy in Newark, New Jersey, which he's going to talk more about. In this interview, you know, we have a positive vibe, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for uh, being on the call today. How are you doing? No worries, man. It's great to, um, it's great to get on, and I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity to speak. So I am the uh, president and co-founder of Ironbound Boxing Education, also known as Ironbound USA. And uh, we're a nonprofit that oversees the Ironbound Boxing Academy, which is in uh, Newark, New Jersey. And I'll share a little bit more about what the intent behind that. And then last night's event was actually, um, it was the Bunker Labs um, and WeWork Veteran and Residence launch event. So essentially what happened is WeWork has given veteran entrepreneurs a free workspace in 10 cities uh, across the country. Um, we create cohorts of 10 members and uh, WeWork and Bunker Labs partnered together to create this amazing program and really just get veterans access to the WeWork community and give them the resources to help grow their ventures. And so last night, we were basically uh, introducing the, the New York City cohort. Um, now, they've been, they've, they came on board in January, so they've been operating about three months now. But this is really just like a coming out party for the program. Uh, especially with the first six months being a pilot phase for us and really just getting people excited about what's going on at WeWork and what the Bunker Labs is able to do. That's awesome. And um, it sounds like a really a really good opportunity. And I'm, I'm glad uh, that you're a part of it. That's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. So, uh, Mike, how, how long were you in the military and, and what, was your, what was your job? So I was actually um, – I actually went to a military academy. So I graduated college from the United States Naval Academy. Um, in 2010. And then prior to that, I went to the, the Naval Academy prep school. So really, I entered the military in about 2005. But I was in this like weird midshipman status, right, which is where you're like active duty, but you're not actually out in the fleet. Um, because, you know, obviously, you're training to become an officer. Um, but after I graduated Annapolis, I served five years in the Marines as an infantry officer. So I deployed to Afghanistan in 2012, and then Japan and the Philippines in 2014. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. My brother was a an infantry officer as well, but in the army though, um, that's that's pretty cool. You've had a a pretty long uh, and successful career. Yeah, I got out in the uh, like I said, I only did five years. I got out in 2015. Wanted to do something a little different, right. and uh, but I, I really had a good time in the military. I'm glad I did it. Made a lot of friends, and uh, it's cool being a a military veteran with that combat experience and having that infantry background and kind of like. I don't know, using that, I like calling it that infantry mentality in the civilian world. Yeah, and I mean, so this podcast is generally about the, the mindsets required to be successful in your veteran transition, and I'm glad you mentioned that you had the, that, that mentality. Um, and can you dig a little bit deeper um, into that, like as far as how you were thinking or um, what your first 
thoughts were getting out? Uh, were you nervous a little or were you just excited about, you know, new opportunities and new, uh, new things? Yeah. So, um, I know for one thing for me was, uh, so I was, when I first went in the military, I was like full of piss and vinegar. Right. So I boxed at the Naval Academy, um, won three national championships there, um, as a light heavyweight, 175 pounds. And everybody on my boxing team was pretty much going Marine Corps. They were going SEALs. They were going EOD. So we really had this, like, combat-oriented mindset. And so before I was graduating, like, I was all I wanted to do was go to the Marine Corps and be an infantry officer, right? And so, you know, if you ask me what my job was, they, they made us pick, like, our top three jobs in the Marine Corps. And I would just put infantry, infantry, infantry. <laughs> um, but, again, you know, as you start to age and, you know, mature, like, 23-year-old Mike Stedman was a lot different from 27 um, your old Mike Stedman and, you know, the field and all that kind of stuff, just that hard lifestyle, it really started to kind of wear on me a little bit. Um, and it was just, you know, thinking long-term, just like, okay, is this something I want to do, you know, like the rest of my life? Um, and really, you know, sitting in the woods at like 34, you know, was not like on my list of priorities. Um, and another thing too, is just the, the, the transitional aspect of the military. So you're always moving duty stations. Um, people are always coming and going and I really want to coach boxing and I knew that if I stay in the military you know even if I work with a kid chances are he's going to leave in a few years or I'm going to move in a few years and so I really needed a place where I could be a little bit more consistent and not have to worry about that and I decided to forego going to graduate school in Texas where I'm from and move into Newark um, to start a boxing program and my mindset at the time was to be honest is like for a lot of especially officers a lot of people get out and they end up going back to school, whether it's like to get an MBA, they go to law school, you know, they really feel that, that, that time with something. And for me, I kind of felt like having that Naval Academy background, being a Marine officer, I basically, I basically done everything I set out to do. And I really just wanted to kind of, you know, do something different. Right. And, and put myself out there. I feel like I'd already done, I did everything I was supposed to do. Like I went to college, you know, got my degree, Got to, you know, serve in the military. And so now was my time to kind of like, hey, go out on a limb and go do boxing. And I knew the Northeast would be a good fit just because in my mind, New York City is like the mecca of boxing. And boxing thrives in urban, gritty, inner city communities. And just I just knew for a fact that Newark, New Jersey would be wide open for somebody with my background to come in and really set up. Um, because a lot of people aren't really moving to Newark and it has a r rough reputation. And it was a perfect opportunity for me to come here and get boxing going. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, and when it comes to opportunities and, um, you know, being a veteran and being a visionary, I think sometimes those things are mixed a little bit. And in your um, – I, I watched your documentary, Fighting Chance, and I, I thought it was awesome. Um, Fighting Chance is on YouTube. Uh, everybody, please check it out. It's really inspirational. Um, so when I saw that, you mentioned that, man, when you got to the gym, it or what was what became the gym, it was actually, you know, different than you know what it became. Um, can you like kind of, kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I got to the city, you know, obviously I didn't have a gym on my own yet, and uh, so I was training kids at recreational centers, private gyms around the city, and. 
I really wanted to have my own space because I just, there were just certain things I wanted to do a little differently. And I felt like I would have more control, you know, if we had our own building, our own space. And so essentially what I did was I made it a layup for the city of Newark. So I was kind of building my reputation with the city of Newark because they saw a lot of the work I was doing with the boxing program, my own boxing program. And, um, you know, I, I reached out to them and asked them if they had a space somewhere in the city that we could outfit for a boxing gym. I told them, uh, they wouldn't have to pay for anything. All they got to do is give us a space and then we'll fit, we'll outfit it ourselves. And by we, I meant I will reach out to friends, you know, the veteran community, whatever it took to make this, this gym happen. And so I got the thumbs up from the city of Newark end up giving me this abandoned space inside a recreation center underneath an abandoned stadium. And, uh, I knew at the time, like, I didn't have my own nonprofit set up. And so I actually ended up partnering with a guy here in the city of Newark who was doing a uh, nonprofit teaching personal branding. Um, And so we partnered up. The name of his nonprofit was actually called Ironbound USA. And we partnered up to rebrand it as Ironbound Boxing and Education, also known as Ironbound USA, so still using that brand name. But now we just incorporated boxing into it. And so we got a bunch of graffiti artists to come in. You know, me and my business partner, his name's Gary Bloor. Um, we got, we came in together. We started working on the space, started painting, started bringing graffiti artists in, started using our connection to get equipment. And then like, voila, over the next few, over a few months, we really um, just changed the look of the space and really brought it to life. That's, that's amazing. Um, and you also had like, have relationships. So you built a lot of relationships with children in the city um, based on your experiences um, can you talk about your relationship with the community and how that sense of community has really, um, you know, made Ironbound what it is? Yeah. So the thing, again, you got to target your, um, you know, looking at like your audience, right? So like I said before, Newark is a rough city. So anytime you talk about a rough city, you know, they're going to be kids out here. And that means they're not going to have access to a lot of programs. So essentially anything you can do, um, will help. And, so coming into the city, one of the first things I did was I just started training kids, right? So, you know, early on, I was training kids at a for-profit boxing gym. So I would pick them up. I paid their gym membership for them, and I was training them there. So they weren't paying anything. I just, you know, just wanted to use the facility. And then I realized that, like, I could make a bigger impact if I didn't have to pay for uh, that kind of recreation. Because, you know, it's fine when it's, like, two kids at $30 a month. But when those, you know, I start getting more kids then those numbers start to add up. And so the city actually had a recreation center that they outfitted into a boxing program. And so that was able to give us access to free uh, boxing program or a place where I go train the kids for free. And so I just started using that. And then really just, it was really the consistency piece, just being in there every day, training kids, kids, you know, get to know you. And then it was also a combination of my job. So uh, I, I didn't come to Newark, um, obviously as much as I want to love and coach boxing, the kind of demographic I target, it's not really, you're not really going to make money doing that. So I did have to take a job. And uh, I work at a private school in Newark called St. Benedict's Prep that caters to urban youth, particularly black and Latino males. And so my job at St. Benedict's, I live on campus and I run the, the school's residence hall. So that combined with going out in the community and boxing and then living with kids in the community, it just all really worked together to, um, you know, really hit the ground running. Wow. That is, uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, it, it, it seems like the kids inspire you as well. And you also talked about um, 
how you you were inspired to continue your education even though you had kind of done it all you even went back to get your master's um so i I think that was that was pretty cool as well um and when it comes to the process of you know owning or excuse me running a 501c3 and things like that what were the what are some typical hurdles that you might face if you're uh going going about that i think the first thing is that like nonprofits aren't sexy Right. So especially when you're talking about like startups these days and businesses and for profit businesses. And so I think when people think nonprofit, it's kind of like, uh, you know, here we go again. Like somebody's going to ask me for money. Um, and really, you got to think strategically about like uh, resources. Right. Because you're not going to have the same level of support that other you know, for profit businesses have. Um, so, you know, you got to really think hard about it. And so early on, one of the challenges was just moving through the city of Newark, right? Getting stuff done, you know, obviously working with the city because they had to fix the space up for us. So we put all the equipment in, but there were some lighting issues, some electricity issues, you know, on that end and just really being patient with the city um, because, you know, from military background, we're used to just getting it done, right? Um, It's all about mission accomplishment, but the city has different parameters for that stuff. And then you're working with contractors. So generally just that, Um, And then also, you got to be a jack of all trades. So you're running a nonprofit, you're coaching the kids, you're picking up the kids, you know, you're doing all these different stuff, but you still have to do the social media, you still have to get the word out, you still have to fundraise. So really just, you know, prioritizing everything and making everything happen. Oh, by the way, you still have to build out the gym. Right. Right. Um, All the challenges, it seems like you embrace them and then you just execute it. Um, and I think that frame of mind is, is uh, I mean, it's tough when you're transitioning, but then we kind of realize once we get our footing, oh, shoot, I, I can do this and I can do that. Um, so I, I really like the fact that you, that you really knocked that out. Um, as far as um, resources that, like, could you re- recommend any resources, like veteran resources, can, um, like the Commit Foundation or Four Block or ACP or anything like that? Now, well, so first thing is like, I mean, the, the most important thing, and you'll, you'll hear people tell you this all the time, but don't sleep on the, the connections you've already made. Oh, yeah. Friends and family, um, people you met in the military, you know, duty stations, buddies, whatever, because really they're going to be like your biggest advocate. So I would say tap your first, you know, your, your circle of trust, right? And don't do it in like a, like a pyramid scheme kind of way. You know, if, you're, if you have real, you know, friends, and um, people are watching you, just getting out there and actually doing the work, people are going to see and make it visible. And more, more often than not, people are going to contact you to help, you know, contribute. So, like, for me, all I did was put on Facebook that we had this gym, you know, we're going to bring it to life. Um, really, just I was just sharing my excitement about the opportunity. And right away, I had people contact me, you know, saying, hey, Mike, we want to contribute. Let's talk, you know. And early on, I mean, not a lot of funds, but enough to, you know, take the edge off. So, you know, people contributing $1,000, people contributing in-kind donations. So really using that internal, you know, your own internal circle. And then outside of that, I say um, there's a program in Stanford called Stanford Ignite, and it's a veteran entrepreneur program. And they basically bring veterans out to um, Stanford for four weeks. And you go through the full gambit of like starting how to start a venture, how to correction, how to. Uh, come up with a venture idea and then pitching in front of a mock board of VCs. So being out at Stanford, being in an entrepreneur environment, being around great people, that was amazing. 
And the other thing is, like, more recently, when I came back from Stanford, I connected with Bunker Labs. And uh, Bunker Labs is an amazing veteran organization that's, like, rebranding the term veteran, making it cool, fun, and exciting again around entrepreneurship and starting businesses. So really, like I said, Stanford Ignite, Bunker Labs, and tying back into using those own resources, like the documentary that you, were, that you mentioned before, that was through Rutgers Newark, where I'm a graduate student at. And again, it's just leveraging that resource. I go to school there. I know they, they do this series. I reached out to them about potentially collaborating for a boxing piece. And, you know, it all worked out. So, you know, really use what's around you. Be aware and, you know, just get it done. Right. Get it done. That's a that's a common phrase um, that, that I see you like to use. That's awesome. Um, and it seems like that's your uh, one of your frames of mind. So uh, just to wrap it up here, I wanted to ask you a couple more or just one final question as far as um, your plans for the future in terms of Ironbound and um, where you see it going. And then um, if you could or if you would like to, you could wrap it up with um, a way for people to, to, to get in contact with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Right now, like one of the priorities for us with Ironbound is we have a boxing, in addition to having our boxing camp, we have a legitimate boxing team, right? And so that's one of the nice things we do is, you know, we get kids in the academy, we start training them, and then, you know, once they show their willingness and commitment to compete, you know, obviously they get their team jackets and everything. So, you know, one of the things I'm looking at right now is really um, getting that team sponsored um, to cover food and travel costs because a lot of what we're doing, what we're doing right now, we've bootstrapped, right? So, you know, friends and family to help us actually build out the academy, but actual operational costs, whether it's registering kids, a lot of that, all that's come out of our pockets. And so now as the program's growing, I feel the need to really reach out and get sponsors. And then other than that is really just growing this whole concept of giving kids access to free recreation and looking for the most beneficial way to do it. So we're targeting Pacific demographic. We're targeting inner city youth, but you know, young teens and young adults, right? Because if you're, so say you're in Newark and you're 18, 19, even 22, you're working a minimum, minimum wage job, right? Outside of food and shelter, you don't really have a lot of excess expenses. If you want to go to a boxing gym or go do CrossFit or do something fun, right? Like improve your quality of life. And so what we realized is that like, Hey, we can't forget about these guys. Cause a lot of times, um, you know, when you talk about youth, everybody kind of like cuts it off and focuses only on kids. But those young adults that are still figuring life out, they need support, too. You know, they need stuff uh, to keep them motivated. And so finding out an efficient way to get them access to quality programs, so stuff that they're interested in. And that's why we use boxing, because boxing is fun. It's exciting. It really speaks to the urban youth. And uh, we want us to spread this message of connecting boxing with education and helping people, you know, gain confidence in themselves through it. And, you know, obviously being a part of Bunker Labs, spreading that message to Bunker Labs community. And uh, one thing I'm excited about that I didn't mention before is uh, we're also hoping to do an apparel line for Ironbound. So we got this product line we want to put out there to also help spread the message um, and help give people an opportunity to support our mission. So a lot of, a lot of exciting stuff, but really it's all about, just persistence, you know, constantly working, constantly doing stuff like this, taking podcasts um, and spreading the message. And Mike, I, I definitely appreciate you and um, thank you for your service and thank you for what you're doing in New Jersey with our youth. Um, it's just amazing. And um, 
thanks for everything and thanks for doing the podcast. Um, is there an email where people can reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested in learning more about, you know, Ironbound and, or Bunker Labs or anything in general, you can reach me at Mike at IronboundBoxing.org. My Instagram is at IronMikeStedman. Um, and our website is www.ironboundusa.org. We're going to be relaunching the Boxing Gym website here in the next couple, uh, couple of weeks. And it's ironboundboxing.org. So you can actually see the site now, but we've got some exciting stuff we're going to put on there to update it for you all. But yeah, I'm an open book. Anything I can do to help the community, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, I'm still in the entrepreneur grind myself as as well as my business partner. But anything I can do to help you guys is, uh, you know, I would love to. So, Well, um, Mike, thanks again. And um, I hope you have a great day. Thanks, man. This podcast was brought to you by Banneret, the company that enhances veteran transitions by up to $70,000 in two years by way of education and training. To learn more, email robert at banneret.org.